Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have with me Daniel Wyke of Wyke Financial. So Dan actually started Wyke Financial in 2017 after being an estate agent for nine years. He's now built the business to 10 members of staff, including himself, and he's got a very well, that's a bit of a mouthful, branded office, and his goals are to build a much bigger company than he's in place at the minute. So it's exciting to see what's going to happen. Now, the reason I wanted to get Dan on the podcast is I know there's so many mortgage advisors that are out there that want to take the step from just themselves to three members of staff and then from three to 10. And I want everybody to hear about Dan's journey, because when we started working together, I had a chat with him about his goals for the company, where it has been and where it is at the minute. And I know the things that he's going to speak about today are going to help so many other mortgage brokers. So, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, mate. No problems at all, Chris. Nice to see you again. And thanks for your Good time. That's all right. So how is business before we get into everything? How's the market going at the minute? We're on the 6th of December today. We're recording this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's um, it's good. We've had a we've had a solid, consistent year. I think, um, like everyone, it's been uh, refreshing in the last month or so to see rates going the other yeah. way for a change. So we're not having those uh, quite as depressing conversations as maybe we have been having for most of the year. But, um, yeah. but yeah, no, good, good. Good, good. How are you finding buy to let at the moment? Are you, are you being able to place some more or is it that they're still sat there waiting for the right ones to pop up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think on that side, they've got, you know, the rates have got particularly expensive. So it's just having the right opportunity to make it stack, mm. I think, on that side. But um, but yeah, no, the market's still there. Um, obviously, a lot of remortgage clients still need remortgages. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, seasonally, this time of year, the first time buyer market is always going to wane off a little bit. So nice to have a bit of a break considering considering every broker's had like the busiest two of the last three years leading up to christmas it'd be nice for you to have a bit of a break yeah yeah well it's always i think the magic two weeks of the year where you can kind of uh, switch off and not have emails from solicitors and estate agents and everyone else in the industry for you know a bit so um, but it goes it goes very quickly as we all know yeah we'll be back into it right well let's we'll talk about real time now but let's go back to um the beginning so give us a little background into your um journey in the property industry then yeah so it started in uh, in 2004 as a sort of bright eyed 19 year old in a state agency um and uh, yeah for a sort of local independent firm um was there for sort of four or five years really enjoyed that um you know good company to work for learned a lot about dealing with people i suppose really um mm-hmm. off the off the guy uh, ran that um and then moved to my sort of hometown um to slightly bigger local independent sort of market leaders at the time um and um yeah work with them and obviously just progressed my career through running offices and and, and, and all of that really um so did that you know, enjoyed estate agency, probably saw myself as a career estate agent, really. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, hadn't really ever considered sort of mortgages, um, but I've been obviously nine, 10 years in, in estate agency. Um, and 2013, I was at that sort of point where, what do I do next? You know, do I go and open my own office? Um, what do I, what do I really want to do? So there's a few different 
spinning plates at the time and, and options and things going on um and yeah just just had um, an opportunity sort of come across you know my desk I suppose really just on the same day as something else had kind of gone sideways so it all seemed a bit sort of uh, like fate really was calling and the phone call was look you know do you want to come and do um you know have a chat about potentially doing mortgages um so and that was at the time involved with the the estate agency I've been working with and they'd just taken on a new DA firm to to do the mortgages for them really so mm. it's kind of a like I said, genuinely, even though having worked in in a state agency for as long as I had, had never even considered doing mortgages. So it was a bit of right. a curveball. Um, but I just kind of took the view, well, feel like I know in state agency inside out, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what I need to do if I do want to go and do that further down the line. Um, but if I do this, it's another string to your bow. You, you'd learn that side of the industry a bit more. And if I didn't like it, then I'd, you know, I'd come out of it. So um, did that. Um Went to a good local um, independent DA firm who did pension investments, wealth, and also mortgages. Um, so was uh, straight in at the deep end. And uh, yeah, I think the first sort of few months I ended up actually covering the sort of two busiest offices in the in the in the company at the time because Rolling one of at the, the deep end brokers had left from the other office. So yeah, it was literally like twenty appointments, you know, a week from yeah. standing start, which was uh, which was a lot. But um, but yeah, no, throwing it at the deep end, which is always the best way to learn. And um yeah, did well there. Um, you know, was, was earning obviously writing a good a good level. Um probably did that till sort of 2017. Um and it was getting to the point where with what I was doing and the numbers I was doing, I was actually up till you know, two o'clock every night trying to get things finished and stuff, which I'm sure plenty of people listening will relate to. Um, And just sort of had to make a decision as to what was going to go next, really. So, you know, um, sort of just took the decision that to put the support in that I'd probably need to continue doing those numbers, I probably had to do it um, on my own, really. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. Um, Luckily for me, um, that was very much a a transition move because once I've made that decision, the agency I've been working with said, well, we want to continue working with you. So that made that obviously a lot easier. Um, oh, and um, yeah, just then you, they were in May 17. I'm sitting in a little office that I've rented with a laptop going, right, what next? So uh, <laughs> Start again kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's probably been a, a five-year blur from there, I suppose, really. So. so within those five years, talk to me about the growth of the team, what you've done business-wise, what's, ha- what's been happening. Yeah, so literally, obviously, to start with, it was it was very much okay. Um, I've obviously, you know, worked with the people I've worked with for the, for the last three or four years, and you know, rebranded. So you, the first thing is to obviously get your brand out there in terms of you know touting the whole town that you're in. So a lot of those clients will, will know where you've gone to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the agency were able to do their own approaches on that side away from any issues um so um that was um obviously the initial goal you know let's let's carry on writing the new business coming in the door um, and obviously try and make your existing people you dealt with aware of where you are mm-hmm. within you know doing it the right way basically um so yeah that was that um let's say first month it was just literally me and a laptop i didn't have my um first admin starting for a month later um so um yeah so they, they they came on a month later which was like the pressure that took off just after one month was unbelievable <laughs> just having someone else there but obviously you're, you're sort of you're doing your normal day job you know your day job's not changed but then you're trying to learn how to 
operate and run a financial services company. And obviously mm -hmm. we, we, we took the network route. Um, so we were, and we still are part of tenant. Um, and obviously I was weighing up at the time DA or AR, but I think having come from a DA and only been in the industry a relatively small amount of time, sort of four or five years, and AR was definitely the right way to go to have that mm -hmm. little bit of support telling you what, what you need to do, um, you know, and the things to look out for. So we did that. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. I think it, you know, we got busier and busier and busier, um, you know, really well supported by the, um, the estate agency, um, from Simpson West and Corby. And, you know, they were always really good at piling on the leads and that didn't stop when we changed over. Um, mm -hmm. so that, that was just sort of building up our, an actual client bank. And it just got to that point where I'm like, okay, I can't do everything. I can't be the person that's obviously writing this business trying to help obviously the admin side and do all the other things you have to do bankings paying people and stuff so um i started to think about well i probably need another broker but i probably can't actually take on a full-time broker at the moment because it just yeah. wasn't financially viable um and it was just one of those fated things again where i had a phone call from an old school friend who's um ex nat west and he had a you know colleague who's ex nats west um and um, yeah that was carla she came on with us and she'd been um broken at nat west and um, taking that leave and then they made a load of redundancies back around then if you remember 2014 mm -hmm. so um she sort of came on with us it was just like a you know at the time um just kind of do a few days and, and and sort of help me out so you know so she got a lot of nice um adverse cases and <laughs> stuff and this is yeah. the reason i asked that question and i like that you're telling this story is you didn't necessarily have a plan where you said right the admin staff come in on this date then after six months my plan was to get a broker then after that I think a lot of people from the outside in will look at a business owner like yourself with a team of 10 staff and go he must have had a pretty watertight plan whereas yeah. actually you talking through what you're doing there no disrespect to you whatsoever but no. it was just I need someone bring them in I need someone yeah, else bring it's, them in. it's been it's been on the whole, probably this year aside, quite reactive in terms of obviously, you know, doing what we need to do when we need to do it. And probably the nicer way to put that is we've kind of grown organically without forcing it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think. Yeah, so as so, I say, it just, um, you know, it kept, it kept going from there. And, um, you know, we've obviously having that extra pair of hands, you know, you think it's just going to take away from what you're doing. But actually, mm -hmm. then, because they've got more time, and they're doing a slightly better job with that, like difficult client than perhaps you would have done. Um, and I don't mean the client's difficult, by the way, but the case was maybe difficult. Um, yeah, of course. And, and then, um, you know, it, 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 all of a sudden, you get more referrals, more, more business. So actually, it just naturally grows um, without you. That's a good a point. Do it. I've never thought about it from that point of view, and I've never heard anybody speak about it from that point of view. Having a really good admin doesn't only just take time off your hands for chasing cases, but whereas you might only spend be able to spend 15 minutes chasing that, your admin staff might be able to spend two hours, yeah. which means that your client gets a better outcome. So it's not only freeing you up time to do more appointments, but it's increasing the quality of that customer experience, isn't 100%. it? By having a good admin. 100%. And it's a little bit like you know, you said your question about what comes first i suppose really the chicken or the egg isn't it really yeah. it's like do you put the admin in or do you put the but i think it it's kind of just feeling your way through to the point where you're like okay if i carry on how i am i'm gonna get so busy that it's just going to be a bad service and you don't obviously want that and you'll start losing mm -hmm. people and you might already notice that oh, i managed to get back to that person in that time it's not because you don't want to it's because you've got like a million other things and obviously you're trying yeah. to get back to them people um 
So that's when you bring in your admin, you bring in your you know, part-time broker and all of a sudden they're taking away some of those cases, they're growing themselves. And then mm -hmm. actually it got to the point, I think it was only about three or four months. Um, we got to the point where I said, okay, we need another, we need another administrator. And obviously then we, with Carla knew Leanne. Um, so um, she brought her in effectively from, again, from her background and, you know, and now sort of running the back office. So that was a, that was a good one. Um, and, um, you know, it's just gone from there. So every, every time we've, we've done something, um, certainly in the early stages, it's not, I've not really had to sort of force it or make it mm -hmm. happen. It's just been through doing what you do well um, and getting bigger. You don't, you know, I think there's, other people have known in the industry who have like tried to just hang on to everything and get bigger and bigger and bigger themselves, mm. which, you know, I mean, it, it, the, the risk with that is you have like a sort of burnout or you just can't deal with those clients properly. So sometimes you have to go, right, okay, take a little bit of a step and give them a little bit. And then by giving someone a little bit, that grows to something bigger. If, mm -hmm. if that sort of makes sense. No, 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 hundred percent. It's, it's, just building that team to take little bits off you, but as a bigger picture can build the company even stronger yeah. than it was with just you. When it when it comes to staff, I've got two questions in terms of staff, and these are the two biggest ones that I get asked is, where do you find good staff? And also, when you're looking at hiring staff, do you put the processes in place first, then hire the staff? Or do you put the member of staff in to almost create those processes? Which way would you say is better? Yeah, it's a bit of both, really, I think, because, again, as we've grown, things have changed. Um, Carla said to me the other day, like, she, you know, the cases and the processes we had back sort of five years ago are completely different to what they are now, you know, completely oh, yeah. different business. You wouldn't recognise it um, from, from there. You know, I think when we first went in, we didn't have to have... Um, as a CRM as such or whatever. We just used whatever was free at the time mm -hmm. with the network. Um, and then we started using the key and we've used that going forward and everything's got a lot more online with us and, and, and we, mm -hmm. we don't use any paper now and all those sort of things. So as we've grown, the processes have grown and evolved to fit in with the business. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like, you know, what, what might be good for you two years ago won't be good for you now. Um, it's mm -hmm. sometimes just realizing that and not being afraid to sort of change it at the right time. Um, and go, is that better or is that worse? Um, but yeah, I mean, staff wise, we, um, you know, as I say, we were very lucky in the early days because we had um, um, Claire, who'd, who I'd known from a previous life. Um, so mm -hmm. um, that was actually a complete coincidence. I saw a CV on uh, on LinkedIn and Indeed and went, that's Claire, who I've just been working with. Oh, really? Um, yeah. <laughs> so obviously it probably didn't look like that to everyone else, but that was completely genuine. Um, and then, um, and then, so we had there and then say Carla was recommended to me. Then Leanne was recommended by Carla. Um, and then we took on uh, Mark, who's just sitting around the corner from here now. Um, so Mark I'd worked with previously uh, for years and years with an estate agency and did the mortgage. Yeah, so, so he, he, he was from the estate agency and then he came um, and, and had started helping me out again because I was got to that capacity point again. And then Mark's now growing his own client bank as well with us and, and that's gone really well. Um, and then we've ended up taking um, Million, who was daughter of Leanne. So it's been like quite a sort of family just, affair of people we know and growing quite organically, really. So it's um, all been off the back of referrals then rather than you going out. A lot of it, yeah. Stuff. Yeah, kind of and we have well. we have done we have obviously had others that you know aren't here now. We've we've had the Indeed route and things like that, um, mm -hmm. and it's um, you know we tried agencies as well for a bit, but I, th I think 
we found indeed for certainly on the admin side is fine um you obviously mm -hmm. have to go through a bit of a process and you do get a lot of responses but then actually just picking like three or four to like sort of hone in on is as has, has mm -hmm. worked well um and we've had some you know we've had some good people from that um just had a, a, new, a new lad start this week so that's all you know that's all working as well um and then obviously the broker side is a bit more um difficult to maybe recruit for i would say um so mm -hmm um again mixture um so i think our last two brokers one was off a, 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 a yeah indeed ad um and the other one was uh, in a linkedin sort of approach so um yeah so so there's a mix, um, a mix, a mix of being able to get stuff yeah. just interesting to hear people that have built these businesses how they hire staff now now that you've got well so i said 10 but 11 now with your new your new member of staff what would you say is the hardest part of running a 10 person business Managing your time. Still, wow. E even yeah. though you freed up a lot of it through these guys. Yeah, which I didn't think necessarily that would be. But I mean, I'm still obviously like, so this year has been like the big year for me because it was the start of the year where um, it was a difficult one because I'd worked with the estate agency that I was in for eight years and really enjoyed mm -hmm. it there. Um, but I could see that it was just going to come to a point where we weren't growing as a business if I was still in there and they weren't getting the service they should be getting if I was still in there. So I kind of had been working with them for a little while to find the right person to go in there. Mm -hmm. um, so we did. Um, so Leanne started in, in uh, March with us um, and, and went in there. So me suddenly coming out of there, I thought I'd have loads of extra okay. time be right in half the levels of business because just be focused on my client bank and have all this time um but actually in doing that it, it's it's actually created more things to do which is a good thing but obviously i've done a lot more on a nose is like cliche and you've had it talked about on the on the pods before actually but you know i've done a lot more working on the business than in the business this yep. year more than i've ever ever done um but obviously doing those things then still creates a lot of time taken away from things and then obviously the other side of that is as your team grows you've got a lot more people coming to you asking questions and stuff is absolutely fine you obviously always mm -hmm. want to be there for that but it does you've got that and that's obviously what well, once you start you always and still have something that's going to fill your time so it's just making sure you're using it for the right things i think mm -hmm. so, and we'll talk about that shortly because it's about managing the business and it's interesting what you said. When you start a new project, it creates five more meetings. Do you know what I mean? One meeting then creates five further ones because you're you're trying to develop the, the business, which is great. Talking about developing the business, it'd be great to talk a bit about social media because you heard of us through the podcast, didn't you? You listen to a lot of people and it's great to have advisors yeah. on here that talk. And they talk a lot about social media, but... Let's get your take on it. What do you use social for at the minute from a business point of view? Yeah. So I think in the early days, we were probably like a lot of companies, not brilliant on it. <laughs> um, you know, we did the odd sporadic post here and there um, mm -hmm. and probably, you know, some ones at Christmas and things like that. But other than that, we weren't we weren't doing much. Um, so it was something I knew we needed to really improve on. Uh, certainly improve on the ones that I'd created myself and tried to make look good. Um, so yeah, obviously st probably the start of this year, it's been a, a big change on that front. Um, you know, we obviously we've been working with you guys, which has been uh, brilliant, you know, so um, it's just so easy with you. I'm not saying that because we're on a, on a podcast together now, <laughs> but it is. Um, so, um, you know, your content's obviously on point and on brand, which are the two important things. So, and mm -hmm. it just goes out and, uh, you know, we, we do a lot on the Facebook side with that our insta is 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 only just been sort of relaunched because we kind of mm -hmm. lost it so um that's got a long way to go but the facebook side we've got a reasonable following on and we we, we repost into all the local groups which we get really 
a good response from you know i'm sure right. some out there that probably don't love all the adverts but um, yeah that's that's a really good um, a tool we've found and i think now that we've been doing that more consistently um and we've got stuff going out all the time um when we're speaking to a lot of the leads that are coming into the office and they're ringing us up where have you come from um we're finding it is yeah we've seen your facebook adverts so you won't necessarily put a an ad out it's like one of those sort of more generic ones that you do and get 20 30 likes on it you might only mm -hmm. get two or three likes but it's just that consistency which i've heard you talk about before you know being out there all the time um but but, but yeah so that's the one angle that we've probably really gone in on we've we've done the sort of more um, national side to the facebook advertising as well with social campaigns on there um so sponsored ads on there and you will get a you know that's a bit of a process because you you can get a lot of leads from that but obviously the quality is obviously something you've got to get the level right on mm -hmm. um so that's you know taking that on then involves then funnel systems and everything that comes after that that you've got then mm -hmm. build so we're probably four months into the first six months of that so i would say that's still got a little way to go but it has been working it's just about wiping its own nose and stuff so no problem um but i think ask me in another six months and that will probably be looking a lot different so yeah and really. it's, it's all a learning process isn't it and you've taken a lot of that under your belt where mm. you came to us and said chris i've got so much going on i haven't got the time to sit there and create the social content so we yeah. create the business stuff for you but the, the content that you guys create, which we're a big fan of, we love to see our clients do it, is the more personal stuff. So yeah. you upload your own um, birthdays. So we've made you a template that you upload your birthdays and you upload yeah. like good news stories and things. And, and they're fab. And we, we bang on about that all the time. Talk about the team. Give your audience that personal feeling of the business, which everybody can do. The one thing I wanted to speak to you about is this um, food bank campaign that you're doing at the moment. Can yeah. you talk us through why you've done that and and then what benefit you're seeing as a company? Because it's fantastic to do that to food bank, but I think it's great to, to link up with those local businesses, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it was the initial thought was it was actually before COVID. We did it once before. Oh, did you? Um, okay. Yeah. And um, it was um, me and my wife sitting down and just saying, we want to do something for charity. You know, we're at the time very locally oriented business. Uh, so let's let's do some things. We just spoke about, you know, the things that were resonated with us, really. Um, and it's something that we've always both been quite passionate about, really. Mm -hmm. So, sort of, you know, um, yeah. And uh, so obviously we, 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 we contacted them and said, yeah, absolutely. Just just, you know, do a run and, and, and drop it, drop it in. So we did that before COVID and we did that with the intention of then doing it kind of every year. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously COVID happened and mm -hmm. you know, we weren't in the office, so we couldn't really run a food bank. Um, so um, and then just the last few years have gone mental. So it's just this year we said, right, we need to get back on that horse. and We want to start doing it again. So, um, yeah, so we've been doing that and it's um had a really good reception um as as with before just been like blown away with the amount of people that have come in dropping bits in both obviously in our we were in like a building share um so actually within the building okay. that we're in we've had obviously loads of the businesses in here which is nice because you walk past these people every day and you don't always interact um so yeah. that's been good um the and local... the thing is it open sorry to interrupt there it opens up that conversation with that john smith that you walk past every day he yeah. might be in the process of needing a remo and you yeah. doing this food bank to get a bag of stuff off him. It, it sparks that conversation. So social media is incredible. I love social media, but it will never replace that interaction that you could have with somebody that yeah. could drive a mortgage. You can never, 
pay for any any social advertising or any kind of marketing that replaces that no definitely and i think like i say the main thing we wanted to do was just because we wanted to do it and um, mm-hmm. you know we're speaking with the guys at the food bank to maybe do something on a more sort of permanent basis with them so however that looks but it helps forge the relationship easy. doesn't it yeah um but yeah like you say if you were being sort of you know cynical about it and saying what's in it for you well of course we we've um because we are very locally based we're kind of a, a, an estate on the edge of the town it's kind of its own little, little area really mm. um and it's very much a community feel up here um so it's even in like the local groups there we've had a lot of the residents come in a lot of our clients that live up here and oh, things nice. like that so it's just another way of obviously um people knowing who you are and where you are that isn't just posted about mortgages which they might have no interest in um so it's yeah. just yeah gets the conversation started more and actually i mean interestingly our, our our busiest post that we've had um in the last three months was um i was getting moaned at repeatedly because our chairs were uncomfy apparently our office chairs um, all right so, so, by um, staff or by customers staff yeah, yeah of course, yeah. <laughs> um, but i didn't think they were that bad but apparently they were they can probably hear me saying that um and um anyway so we ordered a load of new ones and um just said i can't you know i haven't really got time to take like that 10 chairs down to the skip or whatever and there's nothing actually yeah. that wrong with them so we just put a post up on like the local chat group for the, the estate that we're on Honestly, it went mental. Well, my, my thing just didn't stop. Yeah, because I just put them on for free. I just said, look, free to a good home. Come and get them. Um, yeah, I think we had about like 40 messages in about two hours. And then all these random people coming up, taking chairs and stuff. But it just, what that did for me was make you realize that when you're putting up these posts and they only get like one like or something, because it one day um, and you've shared it to every group under the sun, you've still only got about five likes. Um loads of people are seeing it even though they're not into yeah very good point um, yeah know, they're still so, seeing your branding yeah that, that's that's um, yeah that's an interesting point because you you've posted it exactly the same way it's just the content that's different and look you can't give away chairs every week do you know what i mean think about so, it yeah. free chair with a mortgage <laughs> <laughs> do the maths on it. yeah mm. um but that's interesting yeah like you say so many people see it, it's just they don't interact with it and they're never going to interact with every post you put out there no. So just just realise yeah. that, but it was kind of a reawakener of actually all the, all everything's being looked at. So you know it's it's yeah. worth why why you have to maintain the consistency. But no, as I say, really, it's just that we wanted to do something. I think it's nice to give back, and mm-hmm. it's a problem that's not going away, unfortunately, without getting too political and about it. More it, so. so, yeah, yeah, and you know. and it's a great way to be integrated into the local community. It's yes, I like the way that you split your marketing strategies down to local and national. That yeah. your national, yeah, we just. We're a mortgage broker to the national, the rest of the country, but yeah. in our local area, we're white financial and we actually stand for something. And yeah, that's what will always yeah. stand you in good stead. So talking about your Facebook page, how do you get Facebook likes? Yeah, I, th- I think it is just like you said, it's it's putting out the right content, which obviously you're definitely part of, um, <laughs> slightly better than the ones I were doing. Um, and, and um yeah, obviously just trying to make sure that you're um, putting something interesting there that isn't just about mortgages as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we've done the food bank ones, I think in the past we've done Christmas jumper days and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, the, they're the ones, I mean, we did, uh, we were at um, the, the Network Awards last week um, and obviously we had a nice photo before we got, shall we say, unphoto worthy on that. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, that, that um, yeah, that, that probably got, more likes than anything we've done recently so it's the personal it's stuff real, yeah. it's, it's you as, as it is and i've been listening to you recently talking about doing the 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 day in the life of a mortgage broker stuff and that's probably mm-hmm. something we'll start doing next year which we haven't 
And that's what gets you like your content. Is there any way that you could, any tips you could give to people listening on how to grow their audience on Facebook? Because you guys, I know exactly what you're doing, but I'd like to hear it from you. How do you get more people to follow you on social? So I think the first thing is you've got to ask for it and you've got to be proactive in trying to get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So whenever we deal with a client, we obviously always, ask them can you like our facebook page um and yeah obviously you can ask that one as soon as you like i mean sometimes if we see like a first-time buyer who isn't going to be doing anything for six months i'll actually say at the end of the appointment look like the facebook page because that's where or the insta page because that's where we'll post for our market updates um so remembering to do that mm-hmm. um on completions we have a process where every completion email that goes out has a link to all the socials and then we send like a thank you card that has a, a another card in it um, that takes them to the to the socials to ask for the reviews and things like that. Um, I think the thing is you've got to ask for it. It's like anything. Um, That's what know, I was you... going to say. There's there's no there's no clever way to grow your Facebook audience other than asking. No. There's not many businesses where you talk to your clients so much throughout a process. Yeah. Look, you, even even when you're buying a car, you might only speak to the salesman three times, maybe twice. With a mortgage broker, you're speaking to so many different people throughout the process that it is just as simple as asking them. Yeah. And for me, I think what's really good is when you speak to first-time buyers that maybe can't act right now, you're getting them to like the page. If I was you personally, I every remortgage client, I wouldn't wait till completion. I'd no. ask them to do it at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I'm a bit like a dog with a bone in it. I think I make everyone else sick by banging on about it. But every time I'm like, have they liked the page? Have they done that? And um, we obviously got you to do the one when we relaunched our Insta page to put onto Facebook to say, please like our Insta page. And that's, that's got a long way to go that one. But um, <laughs> but it's just simply so, asking, isn't it? What you what you do that differs you from people with a smaller audience is you ask your clients. And it is that consistent asking and you're not. I think the thing is, you're not, you're not, the trouble is, you know, let's be honest, um, a mortgage rate of 3.6%, or well, actually I was about to say, isn't that exciting? That would be exciting at the minute. Let me revise that. <laughs> a mortgage rate of 4.89% isn't that exciting. Um, but, you know, if you're putting out a food blog and you've got a nice picture of some like, you know, sticky chicken or something, then it's obviously going to get likes, isn't it? So, you mm-hmm. know, obviously we, we don't have that luxury in our industry. Mm-hmm. So, unless you make someone that almost makes someone ask them very nicely to 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 like to share them they probably won't always do it um so it is simply i I wanted to get that point across it's just about asking as many times as you can throughout that process make sure they're following you because it's not just the transaction that you're having right now it's when they're fixed is up in two years or you've put them on a track. That's the for thing. Now. I think they will get value out of it, you know, and that's the thing It's um, you've got to make sure there's the value there in the site because otherwise they'll have a look at it and go, what's the point of following that? But, you know, if you haven't posted for five months, why would they follow it? Um, yeah. But if you obviously got stuff on there and they think, oh, actually, that might be quite good. And obviously mm-hmm. then if they have liked it, it helps you retain your client in the long run as well because you're popping up on their feeds all the time and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So that's your Facebook page. I just wanted to quickly touch on LinkedIn and what you've done over the last uh, 12 months because you started in January. What have you been doing differently on LinkedIn this year compared to last year and what results have you seen? I think the first question is easy. I joined it. <laughs> oh, really? So, you weren't on it at all yeah. last year? No, I've, I've been a bit of a recluse on that front, probably up until recently, really. So, um, yeah, I always had this perception that it was a bit, you know, of just a... Uh, sort of peacocking exercise really uh, that was that was still, a perception of myself yeah yeah but and I'd never done it because I think because I was b2c and obviously as we are mm-hmm. in this industry I hadn't really 
you know, obviously we do do some B2B stuff with the insurance side, but predominantly B2C, I hadn't seen the the need for it maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually realized this year that was completely the wrong, completely the wrong mindset, particularly for me now, um, obviously as the business grows, because I've just found it's a massive, massive resource to go on there um, and obviously you know, see your peers who are similar level to what you are, what they're doing. And, and uh, you know, and obviously seeing people who maybe are further ahead on you, some of the guys and girls you've had on the podcast, listening to what they're doing. It's just a massive information resource, you know, and obviously you've got all these like business gurus and things like that in the world that you can pay a lot of money to go and tell you stuff. Um, but mm -hmm. actually there's so much content out there for free. Um, yeah. That if no you actually look, start putting yourself there a little bit, yeah, you, you, you've got loads there that you can get from other people, but also then I've found that obviously is more, and I've got no, by no means got a big account, um, but, you know, even just being on there, we've had people come to me that have proposed softwares and things that we're now using and things like that, that was okay. known about before, um, that have been massive for, you know, retentions and things like that and, and processes. So, so what yeah, you're just, saying um, is link, LinkedIn has helped you not necessarily increase the business turnover directly but indirectly no. it has because like you say there you've got a piece of software that's helped client retention that you yeah. wouldn't have known about without being on linkedin yeah absolutely yeah um you know and you just hear what other people are doing what they're saying um you know i think it's been said many times before when you're running a business you're on the top of that business it's, it's difficult to always know who to ask about stuff mm -hmm. and um obviously if you listen to other people that are in a similar position to you talk about it and say the same things it kind of gives you that re um, reassurance that you're along mm -hmm. the right lines um or they say something completely different and you think oh, i hadn't thought about it like that so yeah i found it i found it really big not necessarily for a, a business growth point of view in terms of clients from there i don't think that's probably going to be the main place we're going to get our typical yeah. client um but yeah just as an information resource i kind of just think oh, yeah should have done this quite a few years ago actually so. yeah but you're doing it now that's that's the key that's yeah, the key yeah, awesome right, so before we get into the strategy question we like to donate £10 to a charity of your choice to say thank you for coming on to the podcast. Which charity do you want us to donate to? Yeah, I think just we've been working with them anyway. If you could give that to the Corby Food Bank, that would be fantastic. Chris. Corby Food Bank, definitely. Right then, so getting into the strategy question, we are going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, an internet connection. What would you do to start generating new mortgage business? I think for me, um, I would have to probably stick to my roots on that. It would probably be remiss of me to say anything else, given how I grew up in the industry and, and where I came from in the industry. So I think my first thing would be to go and speak to the local estate agents um, and, mm -hmm. and, and see see what you could relationships you could strike up there, mm -hmm. just because that's what I know. That's my background. And I think it gives you a level of security if you've got a good relationship there that you will have things coming in that don't cost you anything on the front end so if we're talking about a laptop scenario where you probably haven't got massive backing then that's definitely the way yeah. i would i would look to start off, i think and build up those local relationships obviously with other introducers as well accountants and search forth but i think primarily i would go and try and find that good local relationship with with that because that gives you a solid foundation to then build on and, and, and go from there what would be your tip to people that say if there's one or two estate agents in the local area and they already have mortgage brokers. How do you crack that? Yeah, that's difficult, obviously, because if mm. people have got a long-standing relationship, they're not necessarily going to want to work away from that. But what I've noticed, obviously, more and more is 
um, I think it's indicative of our industry is a lot more brokers are working remotely and and, and not wanting to go in. So you've got to decide obviously what type of business you're wanting to build. If you want to build a business where you want to be working remotely and have most of your team in the future working remotely and stuff, then probably going all in on the introducer stuff isn't for you because I think to get the most out of the introducer stuff, you still need to be in that probably office-based scenario with them, Yeah. Um, in my opinion. Um, you will get leads otherwise. But I think you'll get more leads if you've actually got someone in there because um, you're and involved in all those conversations in the morning meetings and everything else. So, And it's not just the morning meetings. It's, it's stood around the kettle. Do you know what I mean? It's having a laugh with them. It's, and I always think as a mortgage yeah. broker, always chance your arm with an estate agent because that's, that mortgage broker that they have might be too busy to fit in an appointment on a Wednesday afternoon. They refer it to you just as a one-off. Just look, John Smith, yeah. our normal broker, is really busy. Can you look after it, Dan? Yep. And you put your all your effort into that and it completely changes their mindset. And they go, oh, John Smith doesn't turn it around that fast. Let's give Dan another chance. Exactly. On the next one. Exactly. No doors ever fully closed, is it? So, that's, that's exactly um, what I was trying to. That is a succinct way of me trying to say exactly what I've just said. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no. So, yeah, I think you just you'd have to weigh it up and decide what the what your approach is but i think you've got to also make a decision early doors about what you want your future thing to look like because if you go all in on on the introducer route and then suddenly turn around and go i'm going to work from home now you're not going to love that so yeah you've got to build it in the right way you know if you were definitely wanting to do the remote from day one you'd go down the leads route and, and everything else the ppc and all that sort of stuff but um but yeah i personally if it was me that's how i would do it back to the estate agents right dan thank you so much for coming on the podcast there's so much stuff in there i love the way that we spoke about linkedin and how it was it's not really a business generation platform but it's more of a business tool platform for you and i think a lot of yeah. mortgage brokers could benefit from really spending a lot of time on linkedin especially when it's quieter now get on there for an hour a day see what you can learn see what relationships you can forge that could could help your business i think that's a really good tip for people no brilliant no thanks chris it's been a pleasure mate and, uh... thanks very much for coming on best way to get in contact with you if people want to have a chat, where is it? Is it LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, yeah, yeah. LinkedIn. Send me a DM. No problem. I always have. Yeah, but I'm sure and, if, you, um, if you want to pick Dan's brains, I'm sure he'd be happy to talk to you about his team, how it's grown over the last five years and any obstacles he's come across. Dan, thank you so 100%. much for coming on. Appreciate it. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.